Hey guys, what's going on? Scouts here. Tonight I am joined by Prince, Cam, and Nate. What's up, fellas? Hey, what's going on, man? Not much, not much. Everybody enjoy the show that was uh, last night? Oh, man, it was great. Absolutely. really don't have an issue with last night, so I thought it was great. It was probably exceeding my expectations for the show. I definitely will say that. I mean, my biggest worries whenever there's an AEW pay-per-view is how is Tony going to book this show and why is it going to piss me off that he books it this way and this fortunately was not the case last night at all. Right. Which this is was one of those... Go ahead. Sorry, no, go ahead, Prince. This was one of those pay-per-views where I kind of had low expectations and which was for me personally a good thing and i was not upset with how anything ended i felt like nate said the booking was really great oh yeah absolutely mm -hmm. I, I mean to me there were still some questionable decisions on it but overall much better than they normally the pay-per-views have normally been lately for them oh, oh uh, sure yeah <clears throat> so um what match do we want to start off with? Any one of you guys piques your interest most? Um, there's a couple I want to save to the end, actually. Okay. Um, so let's, like, just, let's just start from the top. Uh, Jack and uh, Lugosaurus. And we can go top to bottom on the card. That's fine with me. I don't remember the order, but I'll have to get that. So, uh, <laughs> so I'll pull the card up. Uh, okay. But the first match was the steel cage. So, I didn't really see this match. This was one of the ones that I missed. So, I'm going to have to bow out of talking about this one. Me too. Because this was one match I tried watching. And it, I don't know what it was, but it was messing up for me. Well, all right. I guess that means me and Cam get to go on this one. So, Cam, you can go ahead and start. Okay. So, uh, first, it was uh, pretty shocking that this match uh, started first. But I'm, but I'm glad it did. Uh, I thought it was a great match. Uh, there's a lot of big uh, violent spots in the match or whatever. Um, very physical match. It was it was great. Uh, the, the thing that was questionable to me was I don't I don't get how AWK's matches work versus uh, WWK's matches work because they got out of the cage and they were fighting outside the cage at one point. So to me, it wasn't really a cage match. It was more like a glorified AEW Hell in a Cell um, match. Um, but other than that, um, I, I thought I thought it was great. They used their environment, you know. They used, used the cage or whatever. Um, I like the the elbow off the top from uh, from from Jungle Boy. The the table almost didn't break, but luckily that it was a nasty spot. That was nasty, and 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 it, it worked out. So, but um, yeah, I thought this was a good match though overall. So, in reference so, to what you were saying, Cam, is there a roof on the cage? No. Okay. No. I, like I said, I've never, I didn't watch it, so I don't know how their cages were. I don't remember seeing a cage for them outside blood and guts, and that's a whole different situation. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I, I'm just used to the, the reason I say that's questionable is because I'm just used to the traditional climb cage, you know, you get out, whatever. And you win. So just fighting outside the cage and, and, and the match still going on and then getting back in the cage, it's like what's the point of the steel cage, you know what I mean? So I just thought that was... So they they did clarify on commentary before it started, which if you blinked, you missed it. 
but they said that in AEW only finished submissions in the in the steel cage. So that kind of I, I had to ask too because I missed it. But luckily my buddy was there listening and he said, "Oh, they just said that," and I'm like, "Oh." And um, the AEW cage is a, is like two feet taller than a WWE cage, like at least, and it actually has like about a six inch gap between the cage and the ring. So like Jungle Boy was almost falling down there a few times. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah. He really, the match itself, booking wise, made a lot of sense. Um, Luchasaurus was on the offensive for most of it. Jack Perry had to fight from underneath Jungle Boy. Um, Christian even tried to come out and that's the reason why they ended up spilling out of the cage because he unlocked the door. Which that was that was one of the minor things that I had issues with on the show last night was, what was the point of the cage if they were just gonna fight outside of it anyways? That that was a small issue, a very small issue, but a, an, an issue that I thought nonetheless. Um, but the booking for the match again, aside from that little thing, dumb thing, um, great match. And Jungle Boy winning with blood pouring down his face was a great way to kick the show off. I would I'd give this match probably. I say three and a half out of five. I did see his image from the media scrum where he still had blood on his face, so <laughs> that was pretty epic. <clears throat> what was the right. next match on the card? So the next match on the card was the uh, AEW World Trios match: Death Triangle versus the Elite. Mm. So I will let one of you gentlemen go first. So I missed the beginning of this match, so I can't. Um, I couldn't get to hear that Shadow was right with them coming out to Kansas. Um, yeah. <laughs> but from what I saw in this match, I mean, it's your typical Young Bucks and Lucha Bros spot fest throughout the entire show. But, oh my right. God, some of the moves that you saw were just insane. Um, Absolutely. I loved how they did the finish. Because I, like I said on... Friday, I believed the Elite was going to win. Like, I figured they were going to win. Like, they would do it because, you know, it's the Elite. They're EVPs. They do what they want. But the way that they did the ending on this match made me... And that's what got my mind in a more reasonable state that this pay-per-view could actually be, be booked correctly was of how they had Death Trial retain. Death Triangle retain. So... That got my hopes up for the rest of the pay-per-view, but overall, that match, to me, was a 4 out of 5. Now, this... Uh, this match was definitely one of my personal favorite matches. I didn't get to see the intro for the Bucks, but watching the end, the end alone was so amazing. I honestly thought Bucks and Omega were going to get the win. I really did, and I am happy with the booking on this at that decision. This right here is a four point five for me, just just mainly because of the booking for this. This was this was awesome, you know. Tony swerved us, and you know what? That was freaking amazing. Yeah. Um. Go ahead. Okay, so this was one of the matches where, again, I thought the booking was fantastic. Um, we've seen the, the Bucks and the Lucha Brothers go at it before, and they had 
one of the greatest tag team matches of all time when they had that steel cage match together. We know they can bring it against each other. The question was, the Bucks and Kenny Omega, more importantly, have had so much time off. Kenny Omega came back for one match and was suspended immediately. He's had one match in the last year and a half, just about. So, was there going to be ring rust? <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the chemistry that these two teams have is off the charts. And to announce a best of seven series immediately following this match... Amazing, amazing idea. I think it's pretty Ooh. obvious we're going to want to get seven matches out of these guys. So it's probably going to go back and forth. Or maybe three wins, three wins. I don't know. But it's going to get to seven somehow. I don't like so that idea. So we're going to keep seeing how creative these guys can get. Because the Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks are two of the greatest tag teams on the planet. And the chemistry they have with each other, again, off the charts. Kenny Omega can work with anybody and put on a great match. So can Pac. So... It's going to be an electric, electric rivalry from here on out. And I think to have the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega come in and lose that match was great booking on Tony Khan's part. It shows they're committed to Death Triangle as a stable. And they're not going to let, you know, Kenny and the Young Bucks are not going to take ego over a quality product. So, like, the, the Elite... They can lose 20, 30, 40 matches in a row. They're still going to be the most over guys on the roster. They're partial owners and EVPs of the company. You know, They're not going anywhere. Death Triangle needed that win last night. They got it. It was a statement victory. And now we can go on. This was probably my second favorite match of the night. I'm going to say it's four stars. Um, I think this was a absolutely phenomenal match. Uh Man, the probably one of my favorite moments of the match was that uh, Death Triangle Trio's Tombstone. That was crazy. Like, that was pretty dope. Um, and, of course, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega is probably one of my favorite wrestlers on the AEW roster. He looked like a million bucks. He came back in phenomenal shape. And he just does what Kenny does best, and that's just put on human highlight reels and just makes us love AEW even more and love Kenny Omega even more. So, uh, yeah, I definitely think this was the match of the night easily. I, I'm pretty sure I, call, I called that. So, yeah, the, the, in, in a, a match of seven, you know, seven series between these six men is going to be, it's going to be like the Olympics for these, for these six men. It's just going to be phenomenal. So, yeah, and I give this a 5-5. Five, five. Um, yeah, it was a great match. Match of the night, easily. All right. In regards to the seven matches, I... Uh, I feel like that's going to be overkill between these two because AEW is one of those companies that hated to do rematches and now they built in a seven match set. So that's my only downfall with that one. Um, and in regards to what you just said, Cam, about the Olympics, did you see what Jericho said? How he wants mm, to make but... pro wrestling an Olympic sport where they can go for medals? Interesting. And people immediately said, but how can you do that? It's scripted. And his response was, aren't ice skating routine scripted? I mean, how well he you had execute. A, he had a point. It's about how well you execute the match. He has a point. Oh, yeah. yeah I can't disagree with that. Yeah. <laughs> I've had I mean, so much at this point anyway, so why not? 
I read somewhere that um, for this uh, best of seven series, that if one team gets four wins, that they get the titles. So right now, that triangle is one to nothing. So that means that triangle only has to win three more times to retain the titles. Is that does so, that match count as part as match one? Yeah, yeah they they, count, yeah, they counted that. Okay, I didn't. I missed that. I just saw the best of seven. I didn't see that that one counted as one. Okay, so there's only six more. Yeah. Well, technically, if you think about it, yes, there's six potential more. Potential for six, I should that, say. Yes. Right. Potential. <laughs> what was the uh, next match, Nate? The next match was Jade Cargill versus oh. Nyla Rose for the TBS Championship. <laughs> This is where everybody we was getting. Know, this was. Like, just, we want to skip right through this one. I mean, like we did on Cam stream last night, and everybody got mad that Shadow came in and started talking <laughs> because no one cared about this match then. <laughs> the match was put in a rough spot to begin with. You yeah. you should not have had them follow that match because the crowd was so hyped up, and then you have them to come out, and it's just. Nowhere near the same intensity that the previous match was. So they were set up to fail. And that's unfortunate for them. Even though no one wanted to watch it anyway, it still puts them in a rough spot. Well, I think, I think, I think Tony knew that. And, and, and he realized how, how, how hot the crowd was, especially after the trios match. So he put that match next, not necessarily thinking, oh, this match is going to be the best match to follow, yada, yada. It's the best match to follow the trios match because... He wanted to kind of like settle them down. I talked. I talked to this about Shadow. Mm-hmm. Talked to, talk to this with Shadow, and he, he did it to kind of settle the crowd a little bit, so they're not like exerting so much energy off of another hype match right after the trios match, and then right. be tired rest of the card. So, yeah, that's why he did it. I guess I can understand that. Um, overall, I, to I, me, the match was just a two out of five. I wouldn't even yeah. go that far. <laughs> I I gave it two seven five. Jade is a terrible ring worker. I hate I hate to say that. I like her presence. I like her aura. She's got a lot of work to do still in the ring. Her all her matches are the same wash, rinse, repeat, and it's boring. And someone needs to step up and actually give her a good match. And Tony Khan has to book that good match. Like he can't just be like, all right, Jade, this person's gonna act like a threat. You're gonna beat them in six minutes. Come on. But who could that be? Who could that good match be? A Statlander when she comes back from her injury. Nah. It could have been Athena. It should have been Athena. I don't but no, know. Athena was fed to her in a six-minute match. Yeah, that would have been a great choice to go up against Jade and actually take her out for the title. We've seen Athena before she came to AEW and how great she was. She's getting even better. So that would have been a perfect dub for Athena. Mm-hmm. But the match itself, I don't really have an opinion on it, honestly, except for the fact that Nyla Rose didn't win. Anyways, that's beside the point. <laughs> the next one, was that the uh, old man match? Yeah. Um, Sting and Darby yeah, versus... Sting and Darby versus... Yeah. yeah. The old men uh, match. Yep, yeah. <laughs> 
three guys over the age of 45. One guy at, like, 24. <laughs> um, Cam, you want to start this one? Yeah, I'll start. Um, so, pretty much, it was a... Um... It was a surprising match. I didn't expect this match to be that good. Um, it wasn't, you know, fantastic or anything or whatever, but it was a surprisingly good match. It was, you know, it, it was it was entertaining for what it was. Uh, I'm just glad that Jeff Jarrett got slapped around. I can't stand Jeff Jarrett. Uh, so, but it was it was good. You know, Sting did his thing. You know, he's a maniac at his age. He's still jumping off balconies and things like that. Uh, but, and, you know, Dar Darby, obviously, I think carried this match he did what he was supposed to do and he, he won the match for him and sting so yeah um i give it i'll probably give it a three three out of five it wasn't too bad we sting. also went way out of order with that but that that wasn't well, next I, no that was almost at the end of the show but that's all right really yeah that's all right we don't have to go in order but I thought that was next because that, that match was as I was driving home, so I really didn't see it, which was a great thing because I didn't really want to watch it. Um, I did see parts of it, uh, but isn't Sting still, like, undefeated? Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. Jeff Jarrett should just not be on TV ever, period, at oh, all. I agree with he, that one. He gets into companies too often that let him book himself. He's Hulk Hogan without the marketability. His ego is that big. It's disgusting. And Tony Khan was like, yeah, Jeff Jarrett, I watched you when I was a kid. Come wrestle come wrestle Sting. Like you didn't wrestle Sting 10 years ago in Impact and 25 years ago in WCW. I, I couldn't stand him when he was in TNA. I, I hated him as a kid. Jeff Jarrett, period. And when he's at, well, guess what? When he's in WWE, he doesn't get booked into matches. He gets a special ref spot once. Not a big deal. Yeah, because it's all about... It's all about him. That's why he left. All about Jeff Jarrett. I, if, if, if it's not about Jeff, he leaves companies. Yep. And he wants he wants to he wants a company to be about him and yep. him alone. That's it. So sorry, Nate. I'm almost done. The sheer fact that Jeff Jarrett was on TV made this match really really hard for me to watch. However, Sting and Darby winning was the right call. Darby Allen. Did a great job with that match. He is He's a good worker. He's just too reckless. I'm afraid he's going to kill himself. And Sting is 62, and that choke slam looked like it broke his ribs. <laughs> um, that match, I'd say, was probably a 2.5 out of 5. Yeah, I'd, pro I'd probably give the match about a 2.25 out of 5. I'd probably give it about a 2. Uh, the whole Jeff Jarrett getting slapped around, always fun. Uh, that that's it. Honestly, really, I yeah. just like you guys. I don't give two shits about Jarrett. He's an ass. Yep. He's so, only he's only destroyed two companies. What is he trying to make it a third? Yeah, I, I hope third not. times the charm. Oh gosh. Third so, times the charm with this man. Yep. So putting that match in the rearview mirror. We can circle back to the match that followed the TB, uh, TBS Championship match, and that was the Fatal 4-Way Ring of Honor World Championship match between Brian Danielson, Claudio Casanoli, Sammy Guevara, and current champion Chris Jericho. Oof. This, to me, this was my favorite match of the night. Um, it just was so good. You like Everybody was involved. 
you had Sammy, like you had, like it started out slow and boring. It started out as a tag match, essentially. And then when they started going after each other, it just like ramped up like from zero to 60 in like a three, three seconds. It was just so crazy how fast it changed. And then that was it. Once they were off, nothing was out of bounds. And the spin, the swing by um, Claudio, the different moves. The only thing I didn't like was the ending, the way that they did it. With Jericho was like nowhere to be seen. And then all of a sudden he comes in, steals the pin, and keeps the title. Which is what I said in Cam's uh, stream. I said Jericho's going to come back in and steal the pin. Because... Everything throughout that match had Sammy winning it, and now I'm curious to see what's going to happen after, and where this if there's going to be tension between the two. But to me, this match was a, f a four and a half out of five after everything got started and going. So for me, this match, I think there's four guys that are at this point incapable of having a truly bad match. Jericho's one of the best to ever do it. Danielson and Claudio are at the top of their game. Sammy Guevara, as much as I don't like him as a person, I hate his guts. He's a really talented worker. He's a really good heel, and I really want him to grow up. Because if he grows up and stops acting like this high schooler, picking fights with people bigger than him, because I don't, I don't even know why he does it. I, was gonna say, I think everybody's going to be bigger than him. <laughs> He's a little dickhead. So I, whatever this chip is that's on his shoulder, I think he needs to get rid of it. He's a great worker. Um, and the, the indicator of that, actually, this match was actually kind of a turning point for how I look at Sammy Guevara. Because Chris Jericho and him had that stare-off, and they were, like, pushing each other. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I want fucking Sammy to win this. I want Sammy to win this match right fucking now. And I was upset that he didn't. And I'm like, that's weird. I've never thought that in my entire life watching this kid. So, like... I, I wanted him to beat Chris Jericho. The match itself, great match. Again, the booking was... I thought the booking was good. I thought Chris Jericho getting the pin over Claudio was... I know a lot of people are going to bitch about it, but the truth is, Claudio is... A lot of people don't want to admit it, but he's not that guy. He's not... He got the world title reign that he deserved, but he's not the guy that's going to carry your company. I, I, that's a guy like Danielson or Jericho or Guevara if he grows up. Um, but I give this match a four. Um, I think uh, I agree with what uh, Matt said. Uh, it started out pretty lame because it basically was just a tag team match. You had Sammy and Jericho teaming up, and then you had you know Claudio and Danielson teaming up. But once that broke down and it was actually a fit of four match, that's when the real match started, if you ask me. And I'm sorry, but I don't care what anybody says, but Sammy Guevara is a star. Like, the man was is, was a human highlight reel in this match. I mean, he's he's coming off the top rope. He's suicide diving. He's doing it all. Uh, the fact that he didn't win was a little bit surprising. I mean, I didn't expect him to win, but, I mean, everything that he did in this match kind of felt like he was going to, to win this match. Um, of course, you know, I love Jericho, obviously. He can do no wrong in my eyes. So Jericho winning this match, obviously, was the right call for right now. I will say, as far as Claudio and Danielson go, uh, they did their thing, obviously. But as well as they work together, I would say put them together as a tag team. Like, I know they're in the BCC already, but 
put them together as an as an actual tag team. I think that would be great. They worked well in this match, even though it wasn't a tag team match. But they worked work really well together. Worked well together. Their chemistry is amazing. So I say Claudio and Anderson as a tag team in the tag team division would be amazing and it would benefit the tag team division. So I give this a three seven out of five. I think it was a pretty good match. So this match for me, I wasn't again Wi-Fi connection sadly bullshit Wi-Fi. Uh, I really wasn't able to watch this match in like in full, but from what I was able to see, Sammy took that show. He went with it. I'm not surprised he or anyone else didn't win because I knew for a fact, just like I'm sure a lot of people did, that Jericho was going to win. Because any match Jericho has from this point on, right, from the time he won that title till now and until the future, he's always going to win that match, especially if the title's on the line. Because this way here is where the business part kicks in. They are trying to get that Ring of Honor deal with TVO, however, whatever they're trying to do. But there's a business side to Jericho being champion. Because let's face it, I don't see Jericho really winning that Ring of Honor title or going for it if there wasn't no TV deal. I feel like we are repeating history for AEW all over again, but this time with Ring of Honor because Jericho brought uh, AEW to the forefront as best as he could. So they're trying to repeat history with this whole Ring of Honor situation. That's why he's going to be holding on to that title for a lot longer than anyone is hoping for. Uh, I definitely could agree with that sentiment. <clears throat> Tony Khan addressed the uh, Ring of Honor situation saying that he could have them on a YouTube show, but he feels that they're bigger than that. Oh, way bigger than that. Ring of Honor more respect than that. Yeah, I I understand that, but at least it would be able to separate the two and right. get the Ring, just... of, Ring of Honor belts off of AWTV because it's that's what's partly bringing it down, in my opinion. Too oversaturated. I mean, I mean, I'd say start maybe start Ring of Honor on the YouTube thing mm -hmm. and move them to a TV deal. Well, right, while you're while you're working the TV deal, have them have their own hour show on on YouTube. To build up the audience back to get it back out there and do that, but we'll see. I got a question to ask you guys because I'm confused on something. Why can't they do something like what WWE did when they had the network? I'm, something's not connecting to me, so I don't get why they can't do that. So it takes a lot to run your own streaming digital streaming network service type that. AW is not built for that yet. While Tony Khan, well, Daddy Khan probably has the money to do it. Right. They just, they don't feel it's that time yet for them. Because what are they going to do use it for? Just for reruns of their shows and for Ring of Honor? They're no, not going to put their pay-per-views on there. They're making too much money through Bleacher Report fights in that way and, pay, and traditional pay-per-view money. They're not going to go put that on a streaming service and bring that down to $10, an hour, or $10 a month or whatever. Mm -hmm. They, they could do 20 they don't have to do 10 people will pay 20 dollars or 30 you know yeah but they're not going to pay if they're, they're not going to pay 30 20 dollars a month for one pay-per-view every four months and there's nothing else on the on the network they have nothing yeah. built up they need to start building up different right. things in order to do it unless you're going to put dark and elevation 
and just make that on. But, right, no one watches them on YouTube. Who's going to watch them on the network? <laughs> They're inconsequential. It's like main event, superstars. Nobody watches those. Right. Fair enough. Okay, I get now that makes sense when you break it down like that. All right. Just if they ever money for not enough reward. If they okay. ever did like a second hour for a rampage, and you had the first hour on your channel, to leading into the TNT hour, that might make a difference. Where you're getting an exclusive show for AW that's actually meaningful, not like and, Dark and Elevation. And Rampage could actually stand to be two hours long. Right. There's so many people on the roster. But so that that sure. could be a way that they do that, but that's down the road. That's not happening soon. Right. So, moving on from the uh, the Ring of Honor World Championship match, we got a match that we probably didn't think we were ever going to see. We got to see Dr. Britt Baker, DMB, DMB, oh my god, DMD. Uh, you sound like Shadow, because he says DMB too. <laughs> That's the first time I've ever messed that up, oh my god. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, versus the returning Soraya, her first match in wrestling in over five years. I'm not starting off on this one. Prince can go. Let's go, Prince. All right. So I enjoyed this match for what we got. I loved how Soraya looked. But at the same time, I wasn't truly able to get into this match because I was the thoughts that were going through my head like, yo, oh, shit, she fell. Oh, shit. Like, what's going to happen? Is she okay? Like, oh, shit. Is she holding her neck? Is she holding her head? What's going on? You know, so I, I was kind of nervous throughout the whole match. They did a fucking great job. Honestly, better than I thought it, it went. Britt Baker made that shit look good. Soraya did a great fucking job looking good. I felt like that match at least was a straight up four. For me personally, um, it was great seeing Soraya back in the ring. But at the same time, it was nerve wracking. But I enjoyed it for what we got. Yeah, um, I, I agree with Prince on that one. Uh, this match was very odd. It was it was very slow and kind of like sluggish. Um, I didn't really know. I can't. I guess I can't be too harsh because I, I don't didn't really know what to expect from this match. I mean, Soraya's first back, but they they took some very unnecessary spots with. You know her and her, you know neck and or whatever. Like, uh, I think Britt her hit her hit her with a uh, swinging DDT on the outside of the ring. That looked unnecessarily dangerous, and it it was scary. Um, it, it just it was, it was weird. Like every like I agree with Prince. Like every move that got hit on Soraya, it was like, oh man, that that doesn't look good. She looked like she landed awkwardly. They took too many risks, if you ask me. It just was unnecessary. But I mean, it was it was okay for what it was, I guess. Um, they didn't completely destroy Britt's momentum because I, I knew Saray was winning this match. She hit her with two page turners or whatever her finishing move's called now, instead of just one. So, but it, it was it was an okay match, I guess. Um, I give this match a three two out of five. It was okay. So, I I again I'm in the boat where I wasn't sure what to expect out of this match. Um, as soon as Soraya came out from behind the curtain, you could see the emotion in her face. That this was a huge thing for her. Because wrestling was all she ever knew. 
It's all she's ever wanted to do. And she had it ripped away from her. At an, she was 25 years old when she had it ripped away from her. And to be that young and have no idea what you're going to do with the rest of your life, the thing that you wanted to do just got taken from you. That, that was what this was all about, was that, that moment for her. So this match was never going to be super pretty because she's been out of the ring for five years. She was probably nervous as all hell. So I wasn't expecting a, a classic out of this match. That being said, Britt Baker is a consummate professional. She carried this match to better than it probably should have been. Um, Britt Baker made her look better than she probably would have looked with anyone else in that ring. And, I mean, she's a pro's pro, honestly. Britt Baker is a pro's pro. And she deserves a lot of recognition for that because that was not a very, not a very enviable position for her to be in. Um, but she did it. She did her job. She did it well. And the match itself exceeded my expectations. Um, but it wasn't a barn burner. Um, I'd say probably two and a half. So, you all know my disdain for Britt Baker. <laughs> <laughs> I think she was screwed over in this match. I don't care about the emotion for Soraya. I don't care that it's her first match in five years. Soraya probably said to Britt Baker, do all these moves on me because I want to prove to everybody that I'm clear. Like, she made it all about her. And to do... To have that match, what did it go, like 15 minutes, roughly around that? 13 minutes, somewhere in that area? Oh, yeah. To have Britt Baker dominate the entire match and carry the entire match outside of a few moves and then Paige doing her finisher, to me was disrespectful to the women's division that has been in AEW. Britt Baker deserved to have the win. And Soraya, yeah, I'm glad she's wrestling again. I'm glad she's back. But when she opens her mouth, it's like, I just want to turn off the volume because her voice is annoying. She says the same things over and over and over. She never has coherent thoughts on what she's actually trying to say because she just starts stumbling. To me, Britt Baker should have won this match. Overall, the match to me was a 2 out of 5. Interesting. And I don't, like, right. and I don't like Britt Baker. I think Definitely. she... I've said my opinions before. I'm not going to go into it again. <laughs> yeah, some differing opinions here. That's what we're here but, for. Yeah. But see, Matt, but see, Matt now, you, now you see what I'm saying, though. Because I said this with the prediction show. I said, I believe that that Soraya is the female CM Punk right now. Oh, because wow. she's coming in preaching this, oh, this revolution, and oh, I'm here to help and all this. But it's slowly going to be about her. And, now, and then she's slowly gonna gonna slither her way into the title picture, and they're gonna put the they're absolutely gonna put the title on Soraya. Yeah, she's she's gonna, she's gonna be Jade. She's gonna be Jade for the CBS. That's what's gonna yes. happen. Probably, yeah, probably. And That's what's gonna, gonna happen. And it, 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 and it won't it won't make sense because Tony Khan never does anything that makes sense. That's all we ask. Make it make sense. And he doesn't. If, if they can make it make sense, then I'm perfectly okay with her taking the title off of Jade. But they won't. But she, if she goes anywhere near Jamie Hayter, I'm gonna bust a nut in a bad way. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna flip shit. Jamie Hayter. We'll get to Jamie Hayter later. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> mm. 
But yes, I agree. She should, if she can win the title off of Jade, that's fine. Just make it make sense. So, moving on from the very fragile neck of Soraya, onto some big, meaty men slapping meat. We have the TNT <laughs> Championship Triple Threat Match, Wardlow versus Powerhouse Hobbs versus Ring of Honor Pure TV Champion, is that, or World TV Champion, Samoa Joe. I think that's what he is right now. Yeah, World TV oh. Champion. Who wants to start this one? <laughs> So, all right, I like this match. I thought it was great, but the thing is, I felt throughout the match that Hobbs was going to win, or at least Warlow was going to retain. It was the end that really, it didn't shock me, but it, it was like kind of somewhat surprising. N not too much. So, I mean, it, it was a good match for what it was. I was hoping for Hobbs to win. I would have liked to see him get ahead. I feel like he's one of those guys that could help bring this into the into the next three years for AEW. I think if given the chance, he can prove everybody all the doubters wrong. I don't think he should be in the spot that he's in. I think he should be climbing the ladder a little bit faster than what he is, honestly. This match itself for me, I would say 4.5. For me. Wow. Um, so kind of going off what uh, Prince is kind of saying, uh, it was a surprising ending. I didn't see Samoja winning this match. Um, but I'll say this, because I, I know a lot of people have been saying, like, oh, Hobbs couldn't be the next guy, and Hobbs got buried, and blah, 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 blah. I'll say this. I, I don't... I, I was not really for... Hobbs winning this match because I don't think he's ready. I, I like Hobbs. I like him in the ring. His mic skills, I'm not really quite sure about. But putting the title on Hobbs, I think, would have been an anchor around his ankles because he's just not ready right now. I, I just don't. And, and I think putting the title on him, it, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have gone anywhere because he, he, he doesn't have any sort of connection with the audience. He doesn't have any sort of... I know he has a personality. I know it's there. But it's not big and bright enough to where it's like, oh, man, okay, this guy is going to be a star. I get it. I'm connecting with him now. So he's there. He's he's right there. But they need to work on him just a little bit more. And I think that's why he he, got, he ate the pen. So, yeah, I, I think I think they're going to they're gonna work on Hobbs. Hobbs didn't get buried. I don't think so at all. I think he's no. going to still I mean, develop and, and transform or whatever. Right. So, I, other than that, this match was amazing. It was, of course, big meaty men slapping meat. Um, and I, I think Joe carried. I, I think Joe, this puts Joe in a position where Samoa Joe is back. Because I miss the old, violent Samoa Joe that we all know and love. So, this puts Samoa Joe back in the spotlight. I don't think he'll be champion for very, very long. But it does put him in the spotlight to be the Samoa Joe of old. So it was a great match. I give this match a three nine two out of five. Okay. Um, and again, you know, piggybacking off the Samoa Joe thing, Samoa Joe is a guy that you don't really lose much just by losing to Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe has been in this business since 1999. He's been around the block. He has worked right. for the top companies in the world. 
including Ring of Honor and WWE and Impact, and he has been the top dog in all of them minus WWE, which injuries were the reason for that, so I, I get it, but the dude is just a world-class athlete, you know what I mean? He is violent, he's legitimately scary, um, and I wasn't excited for this match at all until Samoa Joe cut a promo last week. I had no reason to give a shit about this match because I don't think Wardlow's very interesting at all. No offense to Wardlow. I don't think he, his title reign was an unmitigated disaster. Well, it's because of the way reign, they buried him before going into it. Yes. That title to him is exactly what it would have been to Powerhouse Hobbs had he won last night. An anchor. And it would have he would have sank because he's not ready. Samoa Joe, on the other hand, Ring of Honor alumni, Ring of Honor Hall of Famer, trying to get Ring of Honor a TV deal. He's the Ring of Honor World TV Champion. Give him the TNT belt also. Now you've got Turner Broadcasting talking a little bit. Oh, we got this guy who's also recognizable. You've got Chris Jericho holding the belt. You've got Samoa Joe holding two belts. We could get a TV deal out of this. So I think it was a business thing. Um, I will say this too, not to cut you off. I will say this too. I, I, I forgot to mention that. Um, I know a lot of people have saying, you know, mixed, emotions, mixed feelings about uh, Wardlow or whatever, but he showed out in this match. Like, absolutely. Yeah. This was probably one of his best matches. And, and that's what that's what Wardlow needs. He doesn't need these matches where people are being fed to him and it's just Powerbomb Symphony right. 1, 2, 3. No. And that's gonna there, be he needs to be challenged. Absolutely. So. Well, there was the one match that he had a couple weeks ago that was really good, too. I, I, was it Ethan Page or Brian Cage or one of those guys that Brian he went Cage. after? Brian Cage. They put on a banger. And I'm like, listen, if Wardlow can go like this, why not let him go like this? Because I've spent the last two years watching Wardlow thinking he can't wrestle for shit. He can. But he's just not booked like he can. He's booked like Goldberg. Like, right. I don't want to see that. I want to see this guy put on a show because that's what he's good at. He needs some mic skills. He's got to develop his mic skills a little better. But he's intense, he's strong, and he can actually work a match without getting gassed. We know this. But I think taking the title off of him was the right call right now. Um, and putting it on Hobbs would have been a disaster too. So they kind of poked themselves into a corner with the, this one. Joe winning was the right call. The match itself, I would say, is three and a half for me. But good match though. While I understand why they did it, I don't agree with it. Wardlow had such momentum going into winning the TNT Championship. And then he just was derailed. And his run was lackluster. They had the chance to build up his run and make it meaningful again with him pinning Samoa Joe and getting the notoriety from doing that. I felt that would have made the TNT title more impactful. Because he is beating another champion. And he is getting all the history that Samoa Joe has brought. And he's using that to help raise up his notoriety within AEW. So, to me, that would have been the right route to go. Overall, though, this match was really good. I'm giving it a 3.75 out of 4. Um, I don't like that they did make Hobbs take two... Me, you know. 3.75 out of 5. Sorry. Okay. I don't I don't I don't like that they made Hobbs take as many power bombs as he did because it was like almost like 
he's burying them, so to speak, figuratively, with the with all of them. But overall, like I said, match was really good. I agree. Um, so moving on after that was actually Sting and Darby Allen versus Jeff Jarrett and um, what's his name? Uh, oh my God, Jay Lethal, Jesus. Okay. Um, Rick Flair Jr. What's that? Rick Flair Jr. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we um we already went over that. So moving on to the match that I personally think was match of the night, and that was the women's world championship match between Tony Storm and Jamie Hader. And if I could go first on this one, I would love to. Go right ahead. <laughs> so, I have been a huge fan of Jamie Hayter for a long, long time. Anyone who's ever been in a live with me, whenever she does something on TV, I'm like, strap a, strap a rocket ship to her right fucking now. She is a great ring worker. She cuts excellent promos. She's an amazing heel. And from the looks of it, she could be a great babyface too. The crowd is fully behind her. Tony Storm was the babyface in that match. I didn't hear a single Tony Storm chant last night. It was Jamie Hayter all the way through. So I'm sitting here biting my nails this entire fucking match thinking they're going to put Tony Storm over Jamie Hayter and I'm going to be pissed. Ever since Tony Storm shows up, showed up, I've had zero reason to care about her. Zero. No character development. Awful promos. She was Thunder Rosa's buddy. That's it. That's all I had to go off of. She's a great ring worker. I like Tony Storm. But why do I, what do I have to care about her for? No reason. So, yeah, the match might have been a little bit overbooked with the interference from um, Britt Baker and who's the other one that's in that group with them? What's her name? Rebel? Whatever her name Rebel? is. Rebel? Yeah, something. Rebel. Rebel. Mm-hmm. Rebel. Rebel. So, like, the, the, it was a little bit overbooked, and I, that's a, a minor nitpick from me. But overall, Tony Storm and Jamie Hayter put on an absolute banger and it was probably the best women's match that that company has had since Britt Baker versus uh, Thunder Rosa that lights out match that they had almost two years ago now I feel like this was the best women's divisions match that they have had since then it was an absolute banger the crowd was electric for it and the right person won Jamie Hayter deserves to be the not interim champion she deserves to be the women's world champion I don't care what Thunder Rosa's doing get the belt off of her or put her over, put Jamie Hayter over her when she does come back. I don't care. But the right person won this match, and I think this match was a four and a half out of five for me. My only thoughts, oh, sorry, Cam. My only thoughts about the uh, the interim thing is if they change it now, Tony Storm's reign still me- means nothing. It's like she it never. <laughs> right, but I'm if sorry. they would have cha- if they would have changed it when she had it, she would have at least got recognized as holding the belt. That's all. That's all I want to say. That's why the interim thing is stupid. Oh, I agree. As Thunder Rosa, apparently she might not even come back. So, like, now you invalidated Tony Storm's run, which I didn't like her run anyways, but it was a world title run to me. So, And TK is contemplating switch, pulling the interim tag off of it anyways. So he should have just made the the match last night for that. That's what he should have done. That would have been the best way to do it. Sorry, Cam. You can go. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I get what people say about Tony. I don't know. I got a soft spot for Tony. Uh, I think she's an incredible uh, in-ring for, for a worker. Uh, she, work, she works her ass off, honestly. 
But I, I get it because it, it's just not working. Her music hits now, and and nobody cares. They're just sitting there going, "Who is this? Why do we care?" And that's, and that's a problem. It's a, it's a definitely a problem if you are carrying a title with that company, or any company for that matter. But um, I mean, it was this was a great match, a great physical match. Uh, I think Tony had got like uh, cut open on her nose or lip or something like that. That just added to the match. Physicality, and I think she broke her fucking nose. It looked gross. Look, continue. Yeah, it was, it was a nasty split. Um, I now going off kind of what Nate said about it being overbooked with the interference. I thought that was great because I honestly, for some weird reason, I didn't see that coming, and I love it because I think that's Tony Khan's way of saying screw all of you that want them to break up. I say now, don't break them up because. Jamie and Britt and Rebel just they just they just mesh really well. Maybe maybe break them up eventually, but right now they work together. And I like that. So the emotion in this match was great. Um all the near falls just had me on the edge of my seat. So it was amazing. I think it was a great match. This was a surprising match, I would say. And I did I definitely didn't see Hader winning this match, but I give this a four two out of five. <laughs> yeah, um, I did not see Jamie winning at all. Am I upset that she that she won? Hell no. Um, I'm curious to see what's going to be the next step for this. And honestly, normally I'm cool with factions or tag teams, whatever, being broken up after a title, big title win. This is one where it's like, no, this this needs to this needs to stick. I do feel we will get a breakup because Britt might eventually back in jealous where she's getting the notoriety and all that. But as of right now, there's no breakup. This match was really great. Jamie looked Jamie looked really fucking amazing in this match. She impressed me even more than what she's been able to do. And honestly, I'll tell you this, this match for me, honestly... 4.5, really. I felt Jamie and Tony, they went after it. They looked so good doing it. Jamie doesn't really need to do much to look good. That gay that she came up with. I'm sorry, but the man, the man side of me came out was like, I couldn't watch this match really after watching Jamie's entrance. Just put it that way. Good bad stuff. <laughs> I tried oh, saying man. her name a few times. I tried saying her names a few times throughout the match, but I was like, "Mommy." No. Jesus <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this match surprised me in regards to how good it was. I did not expect Hater to be that great in the ring, just because I haven't really watched her wrestle that much. She was she's got got any injuries. Injuries before, so she's always had not, she hasn't had that many matches with an AW, so I don't know her too much outside of here. But that match really impressed me last night. And it wasn't as if Tony was carrying her, it was even like both were doing it. I, um, love that. I, wa I will say that I did predict Jamie winning the belt on the show the other night, um, so I was expecting it because. Tony, even in WWE, she is not championship material to me. She should not have the belt. 
she's not that charismatic she doesn't she doesn't have the the mic skills in order for her to be a good champion so to me overall this match for me was a four um but i really enjoyed the entire match I think the next logical progression in that storyline is because if you heard, I don't know if you caught the mics last night, but uh, you could hear Britt Baker saying it's Jamie's time after that match was over. It's Jamie's mm-hmm. time. And uh, to me, that says Prince kind of touched, touched on this. Yeah, at first she's going to be happy for her friend, but that's going to grow into jealousy over time. And because Jamie Hayter is so over with the audience right now, Britt Baker is going to turn on her is what I think is going to happen. Jamie's going to be a huge babyface in the process. Maybe Britt Baker even steals the title from her and makes her chase her to get it back. I think that would be a logical step in the story, too. Didn't we just watch that with Nyla Rose and Jade? No, I mean, like, she beats her for it and actually wins it. Okay. (laughs) That's what I meant. I didn't mean, like, takes the belt and runs away, but, like... That's what we just witnessed Nyla do. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, maybe they have maybe they have some kind of, like... Because, like, they could tell this story because there was a fatal four-way match that had Jamie and Britt Baker in it. Mm-hmm. And Britt Baker stopped Jamie Hayter from winning it. Jamie Hayter had the match won. Britt Baker took it and didn't win the match, but prevented Jamie from winning it. So they could probably do something like that where Jamie Hayter's about to have the match won. Britt Baker swoops in and pins someone else to win the title. I don't know. Hopefully not, not very near future, but in the future. That's how I would book it, but... Anyways, so we got our uh, two more matches to go. The next one that we had was one that honestly kind of surprised me too. Um, And that is the AEW World Tag Team Championship match between the acclaimed Max Caster and Anthony Bowens against Swerve and Our Glory, Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee. I, I wasn't impressed with this match. I just, I didn't like how they did the heel turn for Swerve. I didn't like how they are breaking up that tag team. I felt it could have been done much better. And to have it happen the way it did, it didn't feel like it was, it felt like lackluster. Like, it just, it looked, felt like they did it just to do it. Like, they could have built it up better. Um... The right team won, regardless. They definitely need to keep the belts. And the only team that should beat them for the belts should be FTR. But I don't know if we're ever going to get to that because FTR has not wrestled on a pay-per-view this year. So I don't know how you have your top tag te- one of your top tag teams in the company on zero pay-per-views throughout the year. Only three championships for three different companies that's not AEW. Right. Oh. And yeah. and they were ranked number one before they did away with the rankings because they knew they didn't know how to do the rankings to begin with. They didn't. They, <laughs> yeah, the rankings were dumb. Right, so they finally got rid of them. And you haven't seen FTR since, except in some meaningless stuff. Um, but to me, this match was a 3.5. I did enjoy it. I just didn't like the ending with the, the heel turning Keith Lee walking out. Um, I thought this was a decent match. I think I liked their match before when uh, the Acclaimed won the tag team title. I think that match was slightly better. Uh, but this this match had good pacing, had good emotion in it, kept the crowd 
someone in it. It, it was weird because the crowd, I think fatigue started to set in because the crowd was kind of yeah like mild for this. And it was weird because the claims are the most over thing right now in AEW. So I thought they would be a lot more excited, a lot more hype for this match. Um, I'm the complete opposite of Matt. I think Keith Lee walking out on Swerve was perfect. They didn't necessarily need it to get physical because it's just a minor tease for right now. So I think they'll obviously revisit it um, at a later later date, but I thought that was perfect. Um, but yeah, obviously the right team won. The acclaimed are going to go probably on a long title run, if I had to guess, because they're the most over thing right now. So I give this a 3 out of 5. Friends? With this match, I'll tell you this. All right, so the the hail turn, what they could have done instead of turning uh, Swerve hail, they could have done it with both, right? But with that slap that Swerve gave him, that could have been the start of some serious competi- competition between the two of them. Let's see who gets this win. Let's see who gets the loss. If you lose, you know, I'm better than you in this match. Do a whole one-up on each other. This match, I thought, was pretty great for what it was. I'm giving it a four because the acclaimed won. Everybody loves the acclaimed. I thought they looked really great during the match. Seeing how Swerve and Keith Lee, I always enjoy them. I think they do a bang-up job, so it's kind of kind of like a, a salty taste where it's like, it, it's fucked up that they broke them up, honestly. It is. You know, they could have... They Stuck with both of them being heels. Honestly, they should have done that and watched them lose the match. That I would have been fine with. But breaking Swerve and Keith Lee up, I don't think is a good idea. So it appears as though we're split on the whole Swerve thing. Swerve and Keith Lee. So I think, personally, Swerve and Keith Lee are two guys who should not be saddled in the tag team division to begin with. Swerve Strickland is a guy who could be main eventing pay-per-views. Keith Lee is a guy who has main evented pay-per-views and could do so more in the future. Um, Anthony Bounds and Max Caster, I don't think that they would thrive as solo stars, to be completely honest. I Mm. love them with what they're doing now. Um, That rap they had last night was hilarious. Um, The match itself was decent for what it was. Um, They told a good story of working over Anthony Bounds' injured shoulder throughout the match. Um, made him look like a babyface in peril. Um, very, very well executed. Swerve is a very underrated as a heel. Um, I think his cockiness, his arrogance, and his, you know, brash attitude is going to make him a. What's the word I'm looking for? I guess I'm not necessarily a monster heel, but like a truly despicable heel. Like to the point where they'll have to take the Swerve's house out of his entrance. I think he could be that good of a heel. And Keith Lee is a guy that people just don't want to boo. So, like, right, they're, they're two guys who are bigger than the tag division, and I think they put them in there because they had nothing else for them to do, and now they have something else for them to do. They can feud with each other and move on to bigger and better things. Put Swerve in the TBS champ- or TNT championship race. Send Keith Lee after the world title if you have to. I don't care. Put MJF and Keith Lee together. I'd be, I'd be all for that. Um, that being said, I liked the heel turn. I thought it worked really well. I just thought it could have been... I thought it could have been, I guess, to Scals, what Scals was saying, it could have been built up more because there really wasn't much of Swerve saying, hey, let's do dastardly things to win these matches before this. 
It was just kind of the one time. Um, see, with the Death Triangle, Pac's been trying to get them to use that hammer for weeks. And they finally used it and won the match. This case, he just goes, hey, pliers, let's break his fingers so they can't scissor. It's kind of dumb. But I do like the turn itself. I thought the turn was really well executed. Um, Keekly is a natural babyface, and I think Swerve is a natural heel. So I think it was, I think it was the right time. Um, the match, I would say probably three and a half out of five. It didn't light the world on fire, but it was a lot of fun for me. I'll say, I'll say this too to what you were saying about uh, Swerve. And it, what's cool about him being a heel is that I'm probably gonna get some hate for saying this, but he has like a a, a Scott Hall like swag about him. That makes he the really heel. That makes the heel look cool. You know what I mean? He's just a cool heel. So he's a badass, and he's he's tall. He's super tall, crazy athletic, and super charismatic. Like, what what more do you want out of a heel? Right. So, in our chat, Nightmare um, said he put Keith Lee in the All Atlantic picture to bring some star power to it. That's not a bad idea either. I that's, I like that idea. Maybe he goes there first before going on for the world title. Who knows? A um, lot of possibilities. I like that, too. The Atlanta, the All-Atlantic could use some more focus on it. Uh, I, I think he'd be a great uh, TNT champion at one point, too. Mm-hmm. I, think. I think so, too. Him and Samoa Joe would put on some good matches. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm still mad we never got that Keith Lee versus Roman Reigns match in WWE. Oh, gosh. That was <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Or Keith versus Brock. Or Keith versus Brock. Either one of them. I'm still that's, mad we I mean, never got those. That standoff. So that we can talk about that another time. But that standoff at the Royal Rumble was amazing. <laughs> and then the one at and then the one at Survivor Series. Yep. <laughs> um. So, moving on to what was what seemed like a complete changing of the guard in AEW to truly move on to a new era, put CM Punk behind us. Put these middle-aged 50-year-old Chris Jericho's in the main event scene behind us. Bring in the future. That future is Maxwell Jacob Friedman. And he took on John Moxley, the guy who has embodied what AEW's grit is all about for the last three years. Who wants to go first? Yes. Everyone wants to go. Yeah. Yep. I saved all this motherfucking energy for this motherfucking match. Yeah, buddy. Let me tell you, Maxwell, Jacob, fucking Freeman. Oh, my God, yes. With an epic fucking win. This is a five-star motherfucking match. Kiss my ass if you don't like that. Maxwell, Jacob, Friedman finally, oh, my God, finally getting that fucking title. John Moxley, I hate the fact that it was against John Moxley. Because Moxley is definitely my guy. MJF, bigger, better, and a young age that could take this motherfucking company, run with it, into another 3, 5, 10, 20 motherfucking years. MJF got that power. He got that swag. MJF, what you see is what the fuck you get. Maxwell, Jacob Friedman. This man is a fucking genius. This man truly got us. This, oh my God, Maxwell Jacob Friedman for fucking president of the United States. <laughs> oh my God. You got another nine years before you can do that. I don't fucking 
Yeah, I, that's the that's the one time you'll ever see me vote is if Maxwell Jacob Freeman ever mm. runs for president because I am going out there to those and, and I'm checking MJF every single one. MJF, Maxwell Jacob Freeman, this man has what it takes at 25 motherfucking years old winning the world motherfucking title. This is fucking perfect. This is how you take care of all the bullshit you put this man through for three fucking... This man stayed by your side for three motherfucking years. Now you're doing something about it. Tony Khan, thank you. Continue doing what the fuck you're doing, especially with NJF. This man is a money-making machine. You do not want to lose this man to anybody. Treat this man like you treat the Bucks and Omega and at one point like you treated motherfucking CM Punk. This man, 25 fucking years old, will do fucking wonders for your company. Treat him right. So what were your thoughts on the match, Prince? What would you rate it? Oh, the match was a five. That match was a five motherfucking style. Let me tell you, there was so many damn motherfucking falls. And to the end, the end alone was so freaking fantastic. I, I, was, I wasn't really expecting anything with Regal, but then I seen him walking out, and I paid even more attention to it. I was like, what's he going to do? Then, oh my God, that referee... Get knocked down. Poor ref got knocked down so much. He was beaten down. Like, what the the fuck? It was two refs. Two. two refs it happened to. Yep. <laughs> oh, okay. So, I didn't catch that part. Okay. But this match was great for what it was. We got the wrongs written. This is definitely a five-star match. Mainly because the top guy won. Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Moxley can go and finally take his well-deserved break that this man's been needing for a very long time. John Moxley has been through ups and downs, and let me tell you, this man helped make Maxwell Jacob Friedman and JF look even better than what MJF could do himself. This match was definitely a five-star match for me. It was so incredible. I was at the edge of my seat. You should have heard me fucking screaming off the top of my motherfucking lungs. Damn. Okay. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to top that, but uh, <laughs> um, this was an incredible match. I 100% agree with Prince. Um, it wasn't a bloodbath like I thought it was going to be, honestly, because mm. we don't know that Moxley is a bleeder, obviously. But uh, it I was agree. great. The, the tombstone on the apron that Max did was scary because I legit he was hurt. Uh, so that scared me a little bit. Um, Yep. But yeah, it was great. The the great the, there's you know, it's not so much uh, these insane spots or moves we do in the ring. Sometimes a slow, methodical paced match is also a great part of the storytelling aspect of the match, and that's what this provided. It was great emotion, and they have great chemistry in the ring, uh, Moxley and MJF. And of course, everybody predicted it. Pretty much everybody and their grandmother predicted it that Regal did turn on Moxley. And, and I like the symbolic. He didn't even. He had the dynamite, dynamite diamond ring, loaded up, getting ready to use it, and then he didn't. And then Regal actually gave him the brass knucks, the classic brass knucks that Regal. So that, that even that even that in itself is symbolic to Regal because he always used to use brass knucks in his matches. So that's symbolic right there. I love it. 
Love it, love it. Uh, I give this match a 5 out of 5. Great match. MJF era has begun. Yeah? Did any of you guys watch the um, scrum afterwards? Yeah, I heard it. Shadow played it. I, I wasn't <laughs> able to watch it yet. Well, it like, just, I watched some bit and pieces. Just go on to uh, Denise Salcedo's Twitter. She puts the entire Maxwell Jacob Freeman scrum on there. It lasts literally like 2 minutes and 20 seconds. And he walks in, pretty much says, fuck you all, <laughs> and walks out. <laughs> yep. yep. I just enjoyed the hell out of this match. I just sat there and watched it. Um, everything was great. I was very, very surprised that Moxley did not bleed. Um, that's what he's been known for lately. Like, he has to bleed in every single match. Normally, it's within the first three minutes of the match, so I was very impressed that it did not happen. Um, it was hilarious when the first ref got knocked out and another ref came in and people thought it was the same one. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was too. And then that ref got knocked out. And then he got knocked out and the other ref got up. And the match continued like nothing ever right happened. <laughs> um, the... What is Moxley's finishing move? It's, it's out of my mind. Uh, right Paradigm Chef. The Paradigm Chef. When he did it off the second rope, was I epic. That was I thought that was done. Um, but the little throw from the little toss of the brass knucks from Regal to Mox just sealed it. And it's it is his time. He needs. That's what this company needed to do. If they didn't do this, the company would still be going in circles. They needed to shift the entire structure of the company, and they did that in one match. I don't know if you guys saw what happened after it went off the air. A fan had um, recorded the BCC did come out. Yeah. They confronted Moxley, and they let him know what happened, and Moxley got pissed. So I'm curious as to what's going to happen going forward with both Moxley and Regal and the BCC overall. A lot of questions. So it just makes you want to watch, and it's finally time that they did something right. For me, the match was... uh, I'm going to give it a 5 out of 5, even though it wasn't my match of the night. Just everything that happened with it just made the match itself. So... There were, real quick, before I get into the match, there's a few things that I caught that happened before and after the match. Number one, MJF motorboated a lady in the front row when he entered. I don't know who all caught that. He motorboated a chick, and he literally made the sound. (laughs) All right. Um, Number two, the flipping off of Regal and everyone. There was like 800 middle fingers flying before the match started. Um, After the match was over... Uh, not only did MJF push the ref over, took the belt from him and just pushed him, he also pushed the security guard away from him that was helping him up the ramp. He just goes, <laughs> fuck out of here. Um, and then number four is, what was most definitely a giant fuck you to CM Punk, he started doing snow angels on the ramp. I don't know if anyone caught that. MJF started doing snow angels on the fucking ramp. Wow. And that was how the show went off the air. 
He continued. Yeah, he continued that with the with the scrum because he did the punk's pipe bomb in the media yep. scrum too. So. So a man that is going to be essential to the pro wrestling business for at least the next ten years. He's twenty six. He works a very methodical style. He's not. He works a Randy Orton style almost, where he doesn't mm. take ridiculous bumps most of the time. Once in a while he will, but so does Randy Orton, and you know, a very safe style. He works a style that's not going to get him injured all the time. He could be here 10, 15 years, maybe well into his 40s. So, that being said, I think last night was a full, shit, true paradigm shift, pun intended, in AEW. We're going to get past these post-WWE guys, these guys who have been world champions all over the world, like Kenny Omega. And, well, Adam Page got his one run, but it was a disaster, so we'll not get into that. I think they're actually finally going to embrace the youth movement in this company because there are so many guys on that roster who are good enough to headline pay-per-views for this company. You've got MJF, you've got Jungle Boy, you've got Ricky Starks, you've got Powerhouse Hobbs and Wardlow. Like, the list goes on. The talent on that roster under the age of 30 is fucking insane. Like, I don't know how they've been fucking it up for as long as they have. And the match itself, booked to perfection, Regal turning, I loved. It creates a million questions. What does the BCC do? How is Mox going to react? Is he going to be on TV Wednesday, or is he going to just disappear? Like, what does the Blackpool Combat Club do from here? Who does MJF feud with next? Is it going to be someone from the BCC? Is it going to be Wardlow, since he doesn't have a title on him now? Like, this is what we want. We want these questions that we don't have obvious answers for. Because when we have the obvious answers, what's, it's boring. Like, how many times has something been taken away because we just we know what the ending was going to be? Roman Reigns versus Triple H WrestleMania. One of the most boring main events ever. Because why is 49-year-old Triple H going to win this match? You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, a, it's a time where now we can actually watch AEW and not be able to exactly predict what's going to happen. Especially after the Elite showed up and lost last night so huge paradigm shift in the company they're embracing this youth movement i love it we're going to see some excellent excellent content from this company moving forward and the fallout from all out uh has been pretty much corrected it's pretty much been corrected they hit that ground tony khan has handled it very very well and they are back on the upswing and we're going to see a golden era of professional wrestling with what's happening in wwe and what's about to happen in AEW. And MJF is going to lead that charge for AEW. Match itself, I say, because I liked, as a match, 4.4 out of 5. But in terms of storytelling and booking, 5 out of 5. Absolutely. I Overall, this pay-per-view was much better than expected. I thought this pay-per-view was going to be like a 7 out of 10. After everything that happened, for me, it jumps up to an 8.25. Based off of mostly the correct booking decisions, there are still some questionable ones like I've covered throughout the show. But they are they are going in the right direction. And it feels like they're going back to what made AEW popular to start with. And I think that's going to be big for them, especially with the way WWE has gotten momentum lately. It's going to make wrestling 
great again. Um, I think this this overall full gear was way better than I thought. Um, I thought they were going to get buried under the surplus of matches on the card. Once again, like they did with All Out. Um, I'm looking at the comparison between my two notes, my predictions and my review notes from tonight. And on the predictions, I said this car, this entire show was going to be like a five. Five and a half, five and a half out of ten, but and I was way blown away with Full Gear. Full Gear was amazing, and honestly, my final review and rating for Full Gear is a nine point eight out of ten. I think this was easily their best show they've had in a while. So yeah, it was great, absolutely. Also, I have to go circle back around to the trios match because it was something I forgot to mention. During that match, there was an FCM Punk chain. Yeah. I thought that was hilarious yep. because we literally went from CM Punk chance for what seven years to FCM Punk just that fast. That's crazy. And you had the elite leading it. Yeah, yeah. And they're getting killed online for doing it because there's people are saying EVP should not be doing that. But That's, they're pro wrestlers and characters first, right? So. It's the character that's doing it, not the EVP. And that's what people don't understand. I mean, it might be both, but well, we, they but... can get away with saying it's the character. Correct. Um, and I think, indirectly, CM Punk has caused this wave of positive change in AEW. I mean, actually, maybe directly. Like, Tony Khan has been listening, and he's probably like, you know what, I've been booking like shit for three years, almost exclusively like shit for three years. My women's division's been booked like shit for three years. Maybe I should do something new. Maybe I should put some, you know, some new faces in the forefront. Jamie Hayter's a homegrown talent. MJF's a homegrown talent. You know what I mean? Wardlow, homegrown talent. Um, the, the sky is the limit at this point. Um, the, the acclaimed homegrown talents. The acclaimed homegrown talents, absolutely. Um, they don't have to rely on these post-WWE guys anymore. Uh, they really didn't to begin with. The Chris Jericho was the one that made sense because he was a free agent. He just got done working the indies in New Japan and all that. He made sense. He made sense so he could bring some mainstream attention to the company. Mm. They didn't need to run with so many post-WWE guys, you know, former WWE guys, as hard as they did. Yes, they, having them there was fine, but as much as they relied on them, they didn't need to, and they don't need to in the future. Their future is bright, their future is shining, and their future is Maxwell, Jacob, Friedman. Hopefully they can in 2024, because if they don't, WWE will get him and will make him an even bigger star than he could ever be in AEW. As and long I as they let him say what he wants to say. And not Triple H, him. I feel like, will. <laughs> he won't be able to say fuck, but he can say, <clears throat> he can still say shit. They'll just have to censor it sometimes. But... Um, pay-per-view for me was a 9 out of 10 and I think the booking elevates it because some of the matches left a lot to be desired in terms of in-ring content but the booking was virtually flawless across the board so it's a 9 out of 10 for me this uh, pay-per-view for me uh, before when we did the predictions I gave it a 6 I'm going as far as an 8.5 
mainly because of Vulcan, the fact that God himself fucking won. That's why it's got that big of a rating, because God, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, God, won. Again, Maxwell Jacob Friedman. No, no, no. To me, Regal he's is a the devil. God. To me, he's a motherfucking God. Because real life fucking won. Nobody does it. A lot of people don't like MJF because he's a real-ass motherfucker. Same for John Moxley. Maxwell Jacob Friedman, to me, is a motherfucking god. Oh, yeah, friends. We only, last night was actually match one of that seven-match series, so we get them six more times. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like that. I still don't like the seven... Thing it, to me, it's not normally what AEW does and what they're about. Well, it, I mean, it just it reminds me too much of Cesaro and Sheamus, also, which were bangers. All seven I know, of them, but it formed a tag team at the end. What's this gonna yeah. do? Break up the tag team? Like, no. They try. They always try to do something like similar to what WWE did in the past. Unless and this I, is gonna yeah, be different. Know, it's funny. It's funny because I didn't like when they made them a tag team out of that too. But and then what happened? We got the bar. They were freaking amazing. Like they just meshed so well together as a tag team. It was great. It didn't <laughs> make sense when they did it at first, but it made sense towards the end. That that segment that they had where they started a bar fight and they were just beating the shit out of everyone else in the bar was so goddamn funny. And oh god, <laughs> those two were priceless together. We could get into. We can talk about Sheamus and Cesaro. Mostly, I'm going to say I like Cesaro. Don't get me wrong, but Sheamus is just one of those guys who can do anything that you ask him to do, and he's going to make it work flawlessly. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyways, yes. Haters going to hate nightmare. Haters going to fucking hate. All right, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I think that's all we got. Um, all we got for tonight. I agreed. Fun time. Uh, we said that them losing, the Elite losing, was actually the right choice. Absolutely. Um, they don't need the titles, and it actually led into this seven-match series, which, as they just said, match one was from last night. Um, what would be great out of this is we get to we go th- before seven matches. Like, it ends in five, and you have Death Triangle win four out of five. And it would make them even more impressive and more meaningful on that roster right yeah i'm i'm perfectly okay with the with death triangle winning the elite can go back to doing singles feuds and stuff they can be baby faces they were i mean they're pretty much clear baby faces right now um they can go back to doing whatever they want put the young bucks in a feud with the acclaimed even give us a give us a three-way tag match with the young bucks the acclaimed and ftr something like that the young bucks are at a point in their career where they can start putting people over, and they started with that last night, and they're bulletproof. And I was a longtime hater of the young bucks. I I hated them for the longest time, but ever since AEW started, they have won me over completely, and now I am one of the biggest fans of the young bucks. See, I only know them from AEW, so I'm at the I'm at the point where I don't like them because. To me, their matches feel very repetitive, and they do the same things over and over. Like, I I don't like Kenny Styles, uh, Kenny Omega style of wrestling. 
he does like a thousand V triggers in the match. To me, it's just the same thing over and over and over. But if you put him in a match that it's against somebody else, like I would, I would be excited to watch the Osprey versus Omega match that was just announced for Wrestle Kingdom. Yes. Like that match, I want to see because I love Osprey, and I just want to see if Kenny Omega has a different style because it's a New Japan type of match as opposed to AEW. Because yeah. I've never really yeah. seen him wrestle a New Japan style match, and I don't really want to go back and watch the old ones because it's not what he is right. now. And I, I will say one thing about the Young Bucks. I'll, I'll make mine quick, and then you guys can say your thing. I, this is the last thing I need to say. One thing about the Young Bucks is their super kick party thing, um, I don't know if a lot of people really notice this, but it's total satire. Like, they understand that too many super kicks like that is ridiculous, and that's exactly why they do it, because it pisses you off. Continue. Um, what was I even going to say now? Oh, right. <laughs> so, I, so, with the Young Bucks... I, I before before AEW was even a thing, I I knew of them from you know like Ring of Honor and New Japan, so obviously I knew they were a big deal from then. But AEW really got me introduced to their wrestling style because I had never seen them wrestle like a full match or whatever. Um, as far as Kenny Omega goes, again he's it's the same thing with him. Before AEW was a thing, I knew about him from you know Ring of Honor and New Japan for wrestling. Now I did see I, I have seen highlights of some of his bigger uh, New Japan for wrestling matches or whatever, and his matches against Okada are just crazy. Perfection. I I seen some of those matches and I'm like, this dude's wild. Like, why is he not in WWE or or whatever? It's crazy. So I've I've I think I've always liked Kenny Omega. I always have. I'm huge. They were game. close to getting him right before the Rumble. A couple of years back, and then Cody was like, "Hey, I have an idea. Let's start a company." <laughs> yeah, it's like and, uh, it's all about timing. <laughs> yeah, it is. I've always been a fan of Kenny Omega. I love his style. Um, his New Japan stuff never really watched much of. I'm trying to get into New Japan, especially some of Kenny's matches. I believe he had a match like two years ago or three years ago against uh, Jericho, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. That match was fucking fire from when I was able to see. Uh, Kenny Omega has always impressed me, and I want to see bigger and better things for him. Honestly, I would love to see him go back as a single star. And Bucks, you know what? I don't really have an issue with Bucks. I, pre- I prefer Bucks to play more of a EVP role. Kenny Omega to do EVP also, <laughs> but mix it up, do some matches. Let's focus on the video game even more, you know. Because Kenny Omega, he's forget forget the ring aspect. I mean, this man is just talented all around. In the ring, out of the ring, on the mic, off the mic, whether it's backstage, whatever this man does, I feel like he's always that guy that you want to be around. You like. Let me see what I can learn from you next. I feel like his way of thinking, the way he handles stuff, is really fucking amazing. Great friggin' mindset, really. But, that being said, I feel everything we've gone over tonight has been enlightening. 
we've all shared our opinions on it and I think there's really nothing much else to be said so Cam where can we find you outside of here um, you can find me on TikTok at Cam's Wrestling Corner. You can also find me on Instagram at 317 Bacon Eggs and Cam. <laughs> Every time he says it, I laugh. I love that. I love That's that. Why I just get him to say it just because I want him to say it. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Prince, where can we find you? You can find me mainly on TikTok doing some funny, crazy, outlandish stuff. Always getting myself banned. 19-time world band champion. Let's go. Yeah, buddy. Woo-hoo. You got banned three times in 20 minutes? I don't fucking think so. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me at Occam Prince with a number three. I changed my I changed my nickname, did a little change. So it's just Occam Prince with a, with a number three at the end. Look me up. Watch my funny videos because I'm an asshole and I'm fucking funny. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Nate, what about you? So, um, I'm pretty much mostly on TikTok these days. I'm gonna throw my my tags in the chat there. Nate McNamara WB, and then the Wrestle Bros, which is my group page that I'm with. Uh, you've probably seen the Wrestle Bros on TikTok. We're a bunch oh. of idiots. It's we're dumb. But yeah. <laughs> and then you can find us on YouTube at Off the Top LLC. We also have um, a TikTok that has been started as well and then we are on twitch where we are right now we thank everybody for coming out tonight and we hope to catch you all guys on our next episode have a great night